I encourage you to read the talks once again and to ponder the messages contained therein. I found in my own life I gain even more from these inspired sermons when I study them in greater depth. Basic pattern is to identify the fundamental doctrine or principle that's going on. Find any invitations associated with and related to that doctrine or principle, and then also recognizing the promised blessings if we act in accordance with that invitation. The only update I would add for this is that it occurred to me as I've been studying um, every name of Christ is a testament or a testimony to him in some way. So like the word Lord, that title is used all the time. And I've been highlighting it just because it's his name, but I was like, I didn't really get what that meant. So I looked it up and Lord is someone who has authority. So even something as simple as the word that's on like every paragraph of the Book of Mormon testifies that Christ has authority, along with all the other names like Redeemer. And and we're going to talk about one of his names today, the Good Shepherd. But yeah, so that's what I've been working on. Awesome. And have you been seeing any of the promised blessings? Um, well, I can't remember the specific promised blessing, but I'm assuming it was something along the lines of getting closer to Christ or learning more about him or something. And yes, yes, I can see those blessings. <laughs> okay, good. You've got me convinced. <laughs> uh, awesome. Well, we also have with us today, Burke. How are you today, Burke? I am doing fantastic. Great. Um, I know you know what I'm going to ask. Do you have any invitations yeah. you want to update us on? I don't have anything new to report. I'm working on the same things, but uh, yeah, no new stories from this week, but I will keep working on them. So. Okay. And the last time we talked about invitations, when I wasn't here, you did talk about some of the promised blessings that you'd received. And I appreciated that. It was a, it was great to hear. So yeah, it's um, fun to see Rivka. blessings from continued effort. Indeed. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, we also have with us today, Rivka. Uh, how are you today, Rivka? I'm doing great. Good. Doing great. Um, any invitations that you want to update us on? Well, I been working still on the invitation that, um, came for me from sister Corden's talk, which was using my I don't know, religious practices, the things that I do, reading the scriptures, saying my prayers, going to the temple, um, as opportunities to testify of Christ and um, to do them with a little more mindfulness and to make them less of a checklist and more of a witness. And so I have been working on that. And then during the last talk, um, Aaliyah, you had asked Aaliyah, how do we show God that we love him? And it made me think, I was like, this ties into the exact same thing through this process of worshiping him. And as we testify of him, that's one of the big ways that he asks us to show him that we love him. So I thought, oh, I was doing it, even though I wasn't really connecting those two things together. So that was a good connection for me. Awesome. That's cool. Uh, as with so much in the gospel, if we sort of follow with those fundamentals, we do a lot of the other things at the same time, even if we're not consciously doing them on purpose. So great. Well, 
I do not have any invitations to update on. We've just been in crazy moving mode. So instead, I'm going to read from my son's missionary email from this week. Um, I can't tell you, I cannot dramatically overemphasize enough what a different person Lawson is on a mission compared to before his mission. Um, and maybe I just overstated it. I don't know. But um, his inner fire has just, you know, burned very brightly since he's been on a mission. And he's always loved um, creating things and writing. Um, his uncle paid him to write a, a little book before he left. And he wrote lots of D&D campaigns and stuff like that. So he writes the longest missionary emails I think I've ever seen. And I really love reading them. And I'm completely, obviously biased. But uh, he's he, um, you know, usually talks about a gospel principle. Well, this week was about balance. And he goes on this long um, discussion about Star Wars being being a brother to Aaliyah. He had to throw in some pop culture in there to you teach can a gospel tell principle. He's an Ebert. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is true. Um, and so I just wanted to read one quote from him that I really loved. He talks about balance in the gospel. And he says, even good and necessary things without balance become weaknesses. An excess of necessary food becomes unhealthy. An excess of tolerance becomes assimilation. An excess of faith becomes blind zealotry. And an unbalanced confrontation, which is how this all started when he had a confrontation with his companion, becomes conflict. Here's the key point. The gospel provides a balancing force, which provides to everyone's individual needs all at once so that everybody can continue to advance, which is, um, he only phrased it that way because of cradle, um, <laughs> without be being overcome by excess. So um, I just love reading his uh, emails. So anybody out there, who is thinking about or considering going on a mission or encouraging someone they know to go on a mission, do it. It's an amazing experience. It's not all sunshine and rainbows. He's had some really tough times too, but he has grown, 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 and it's been glorious to watch. So, all right, let's move into our talk today. The Lord Jesus Christ teaches us to minister by Elder Juan A. Uceda of the Seventy. And we will start today with Burke. Burke, what was your fundamental doctrine from this talk? <laughs> you do. Yay! Awesome. Give us the Cliff Notes version of what Chesed is.
Awesome. I, I love it. It's like a special covenantal love, right? I, I think is a way that you could describe it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just yep. read, I should have looked this up. Maybe I'll look it up while someone else does their fundamental doctrine. I just came across that in the Book of Mormon. in a And without knowing that loving kindness was actually like a a, a translation of that word chesed, I would have read it a different way. So I learned something new, but I'll try to find that while um, Aaliyah tells us what her fundamental doctrine was. Okay. Well, I also highlighted that part, but I highlighted two. I pulled a rib and I have backups. Yay. Um, <laughs> but I, I also thought it was very powerful that um, the reasoning he gives for why we talk about ministering and why we minister to the one is because it's Christ church. So we do it in his way. Like he's, He's the head honcho. He's the one leading. It's his, um, it's his thing. And so we do it his way. But the, the backup one I had was the key number in each of these stories, however, is the number one. Um, and so he talks about ministering in this talk and his focus is that we minister to the one. It's not like a big group of people, even if we are, um, even if our stewardship is a big group of people, we are supposed to minister to the one because that's how Christ did it. I love it. Um, Elder Bednar has a great book book about one by one ministering. And even, uh, I think Denny writes the lyrics to a song or something that you can find on YouTube. Whoa. But um, he says that the, what you were just saying, Aliyah, he would phrase it that you are teaching a congregation of ones. Mm. Um which is sort of another gospel paradox, right? Because um, that is 100% true, but also the Lord works collectively so many times. Um, I've said this before, so I apologize for repeating myself, but you know, the scriptures don't talk about becoming a Zion person. They talk about being a Zion people. And actually in that book that um, Burke just referenced, in the appendix, Carrie Mulestein, so the book is called God Will Prevail. Carrie Mulestein talks about a study he did where he looked through the Book of Mormon and all the times that the Abrahamic covenant was referenced. And when people stopped talking about the covenant as a collective covenant for their, their people as a whole and started focusing on their individual salvation, it's actually when they fell away as a people. Um, which I found really interesting. And he speculates as to why that is and how we can apply that. But um, as, you know, as as a modern church who couldn't, you know, just went through COVID where you could worship at home by yourself basically for a couple of years if you wanted, you know, I, the Lord wants us to be a covenant people in addition to being a covenant keeping person. Um, so... Yeah, I, I think it's an interesting paradox there about about that one by one ministering, which leads to a group transformation. So, um, okay, I found the scripture. It's in First Nineteen, verse nine, and it says, "And the world, because of their iniquity, shall judge him, meaning Christ, to be a thing of naught. Wherefore they scourge him, and he suffereth it; and they smite him, and he suffereth it. Yea, they spit upon him, and he suffereth it, because of his loving kindness." and long-suffering towards the children of men. So not just because he loves us, but because he is in a special covenantal relationship with us, 
and has this type of covenantal love, that's why he suffered um, through the atonement for us because that was his end of the atonement. So he, you know, he, we promise him to be obedient. He promises us that in turn, he will overcome sin and death. And so that was his part of that, uh, you know, two way promise. So I really learned something new by thinking of that word loving kindness as, uh, as the word chesed. All right. I think we are going to move on to Rivka now. What was your fundamental doctrine, Rivka? Um, well, we've checked off a couple that I had underlined. <laughs> but you have more. I know you do. <laughs> well, I'm like, I don't know. These ones aren't brief. How about I just do this collection of really great questions? Ooh. Um, it's like this whole paragraph of questions. So he's just, he talks about three different, well, no, well, three different branchings of a parable, right? The, the hundred sheep, the 10 coins and the two sons. So the prodigal son, we know them better. as like the prodigal son, the parable of the talents and, and the, you know, the lost sheep, the, the 99, 90 and nine and one. So after he talks about that, he asked these questions. Can we feel the urgency in the heart of the man who lost only one sheep? Or the urgency in the heart of the woman who lost just one coin? Or the ineffable love and compassion in the heart of the prodigal's father? And I loved those questions because I was thinking, if we are trying to be like the Savior and to have a heart and to love the way the Savior does, if we can feel these things, or if we have situations in our lives or people that we love for whom we feel this urgency to reach out or this urgency to help or this urgency to find, um, then we are loving the way the Savior does. And our heart is on its way to becoming like his heart. I love it. That's a great self-check, right? Do I feel that urgency for others um, to, to go find the lost sheep or the lost coin? Fantastic. Um, Burke, where do you feel that urgency in your life? Burke's microphone just turned orange. He is out in the wilderness again today, so... Maybe we will wait for Burke to come back and we will go to Aaliyah. Aaliyah, where do you feel that urgency in your life? Um, I would say right now, just among my friends, just like making sure that we're all on the covenant path and none of us is going astray, I guess. Right, because you don't have kids. You aren't, um, you know, you just got back from your mission so that sort of stewardship, you know, you're released from that and you're not in a, um, you know, leadership role or anything at church. So mm -hmm. it's just for the people around you who are your friends. And, and how does that, um, manifest, uh, in your life? Like, what do you do to express that urgency? Um, I think, the biggest thing is just not shutting off the spiritual side when I'm with people for the sake of like socialness. Like there's a time and place for you to talk about spiritual things. But often if I have 
a um a thought that connects to the conversation that relates to a spiritual topic it's usually like if I'm having that thought in the first place it's probably because the conversation isn't you know a bad one like it'll it'll be okay if I say something like that so um just being me and I continue like I I read my scriptures every day and my roommate sees it and like I say prayers every night before bed and she sees it and just like doing the things that I would be doing on my own anyways. Awesome. I love it. That's fantastic. Um, great. Well, let's move on to other parts of the talk here. So I think Aliyah, you were the one who mentioned the good shepherd as a name of the savior. So what does he say about that? And are there any quotes related to that from the talk that you want to bring out? Um, well, he talks about the good shepherd and several other shepherd related names, including the beautiful shepherd, the magnificent shepherd, the great shepherd, chief shepherd, uh, great and true shepherd. And he says the shepherd and bishop of our souls. And actually in Spanish, this phrase good shepherd is buen pastor, which is like pastor. Um, and so I thought Ooh. that was an interesting connection because in Spanish, it's actually more similar to like a, a religious leader. There's a different word for bishop, but it's closer to that than it is to shepherd. <laughs> I mean, it, it is the word shepherd in Spanish, but, <laughs> you know, it means the same thing. So anyways. Right. Um, I thought that was interesting. And uh, I like that he calls himself not just the shepherd, but the good shepherd. Like he's not just someone in charge of a bunch of sheep. He also loves the sheep and he's because he's good, you know. Awesome. Um, fantastic. We've talked before about the um, sheep herding in Israel and knowing the names of the sheep um, and the picture of Rivka's dad in the doorway of the sheep pen and, and how cool that is that, uh, you know, the shepherd knows his sheep and the sheep follow his voice. So, and I, you know, I've heard the good shepherd a, a thousand times, but all these other names. Okay. There might've been an abrupt cutoff there as we had some connection problems. Um, so we're going to start back up again. And this time we're going to go back to Burke who is now with us. And Burke, um, can you talk to us about the story he, he tells here um, later on in the talk? So he was serving in Guatemala City in Central America, and he met a woman named Julia, and she st- shared a story about her father. So Julia's mother died of cancer in 2011. Her father had been a faithful leader. He remarried, and then a few years later um, was divorced. And prior to all this, he had been the kind of person who ministered to the one. But he found himself going to church alone and feeling out of place, and he stopped attending. And it says here, a negative spirit filled his heart. And as Julia shared about him, um, Brother Uceda felt this desire to contact him. And so he got um, the cell phone number and he says, I began calling him, hoping to have a chance to meet with him personally. After several weeks and many, many phone calls without success, one day he finally answered the phone. And even this part right here for me, I'm just blown away by this. It was someone he'd never met. 
He just heard a story and he felt this so strongly that he just didn't give up. He just kept calling and finally he gets in contact with him and talks to him a little bit and says he wants to meet him face to face. And Julia's father asked, why would you want to meet me? And uh, he replied, I really want to meet the father of such a wonderful lady. And for a few seconds, there was silence over the phone. A few seconds that seemed to me like an eternity. He simply said, when and where? And so he meets up with him and gets to listen um, to a bunch of experiences this man has had in ministering and can see that he's remembering those times and feeling that spirit from back when he was serving people. And I think the, the other amazing part of this, in addition to his tenacity, is uh, he says to this brother, Brother Florian, as a servant of the Lord, I apologize for our not being there for you. Please forgive us. Give us another chance to show you that we do love you, that we need you, that you are important to us. And I think of how often in this situation, any of us might be tempted to be like, here's all the ways that God loves you and that you can come back and that we miss you. But he was clearly listening to the Spirit and felt like we had failed this brother. And so he apologized. And following Sunday, he was back. I'm just, this whole story, I, I can't see me doing any of this without divine intervention. And right. I think he had divine intervention as well, but I aspire to be this kind of a person someday. Probably not there yet. Yeah. Thank you, Burke, for that summary and that lesson on one-by-one -one ministering. I mean, what an incredible story. And I feel like, I, I don't know if it was just this conference or the past few conferences, we've heard a lot of stories like that where, um, you know, 70s or apostles who have these more global responsibilities take time to seek out the one. And one that sticks out in my mind is Elder Gong and his wife meeting with people on Zoom during the pandemic, just sort of one by one members of the church and um, what what an incredible example they are to us to um, show us that the minister the ministering really does happen at that one by one level so Aaliyah, did you have something to add to that yes I have a couple of examples um, Ooh, I love examples so <laughs> one story is not my own one story is so my mission president, this is not my story. My mission president always said that names bring revelation. So even when he was planning for something as large scale as a zone conference, which is usually like, I don't know, 60 missionaries or something, he would, while he was planning, um, think of specific names of missionaries in those zones who needed something and would base his own conference around that. Uh, so even on a, a high scale level like that, he was still working on ministering to the one. So my story is that uh, I just started working at the MTC. My first few days of teaching, I was subbing for a district. I was asked to sub. There was probably six other uh, teachers in my little subdivision that could have subbed for this class as well, but I was asked to do it. And the last day I was with them, because of a weird circumstance, I was hanging out with like two or three missionaries in the room while others were me and their mission presidents. And I got to have this really in-depth conversation with a sister about a mission related topic that I have a lot of experience with and a lot of thoughts about. 
And we just related on every level, like everything she said, I was like, yep, I've been there. I've done that. I felt that. And everything that I said, she was like, yeah, that's exactly how I feel. And so even though I was put in charge of temporarily this group of like 12 missionaries, um, I think part of the reason I was asked to sub was because she, that one missionary needed me as myself, my one, uh, to have some ministering. And I'm sure I did a decent job of, you know, helping the others, but I was definitely needed for that one. So. Awesome. I love that story, Aaliyah. Um, in planning for camp this year, the camp handbooks say, if you hold the entire camp just for one person, then it's worth it. So if you subbed in that class this week, just for that one person, it was worth it. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and just a great testament that sometimes that's what the whole point of an event is, is just for that one individual who needs it at that one moment. So, well, I think we are ready to move on to invitations and promises. And I think we'll go back to Rivka for the first one. Do you find any good ones here, Rivka? Um, yeah, well, I don't know. Like, oh, like overt invitations. I didn't really necessarily re like then stuck out to me but a, an invitation of a pattern kind of did in this story about um julia's father um in in that there were like a bunch of i and then a verb i did something so like i began calling him and then i invited him to share with me I noticed, I prayed, I heard, I apologized. And I just think like those were so instructive to me of all the different ways that we can minister. Like there are so many handfuls of ways to minister. And so, I don't know, my not obvious invitation is pick something in that pattern and just go out and do, and then let let the Savior's um, power, the Spirit's guidance and the Savior's power work its miracles. I love that, Rivka. That was um, not obvious because it was a great insight to consider all those verb actions as invitations for us to follow his example. So I love that. Uh, Burke, how about you? Any invitations that stood out to you? So the one invitation I marked, I think, really agrees with what Rivka just said, and it's near the end. He says, I testify that with our Savior's help, we can love his precious sheep and minister to them as he would. And I feel like both an invitation and a blessing. The blessing is getting the Savior's help, and the invitation is love and minister. Awesome. And even if it feels awkward at first, that's what that invitation sort of reminds me of, that we can love his precious sheep. So might be a little hesitant to get to know someone and hopefully by the time you're done, you do love that precious sheep. So um, how about, how about you, Aaliyah? Anything else to add for invitations? Yes. Um, He has this kind of long statement in a very interesting pattern, but he says, if you and I have with us the pure love of Christ, we as the man in the story of the sheep will leave the 99 and go after that, which is lost until, until, until we find it. Or as the woman in the story of the lost coin, we will light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently, diligently 
till 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 we find it so i thought that was an interesting somewhat invitation to continue seeking and searching and ministering until 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 the person returns that's amazing Aaliyah. um a great pattern of I, that goes with Burke's word. He used tenacity. So that's a mm-hmm. great pattern to follow. So just keep trying. Awesome. Well, that was a great one. And that brings us to the close of Saturday sessions. So we're three fifths of the way through. And the next one that we'll discuss is called one in Christ by elder Christopherson. And that is the first talk of the Sunday morning session. So I'm excited to keep moving forward and get to all these other talks um, in the meantime, Aliyah is going to tell you how you can get a hold of us. You can email us at wordsoftheprophetspodcast at gmail.com or you can message us or leave a comment on our Instagram or Facebook, Words of the Prophets Podcast. Awesome. Thank you, Aliyah. So thanks to everyone else for joining us today. And until next time, keep the faith. If we teach by the Spirit, and you listen by the Spirit, some one of us will touch on your circumstance, sending a personal prophetic epistle just to you.